welcome to StarCast for February 23, 2023. My name is Eric Francis Coppolino, host of Planet Waves FM and the author of the Planet Waves Horoscope, here with a short introduction to the astrology of March 2023. First, welcome back to all of my old friends who have been following my astrology and journalism for many years, and welcome to my many new friends who have arrived this week from Sam Bailey's channel, the Terrain Theory Podcast, Natural News, InfoWars, Stu Peters, Perspectives on the TNT Radio Network, Celia Farber, and many other people who have been promoting my coverage of the dioxin incident in East Palestine, Ohio. I am sorry we have to meet under these circumstances. This is a really hard time in world history and American history, but that also presents us with opportunities to rise to the occasion. And for those of you who are new to astrology, you are getting in at a very interesting time because we are poised for this just really impressive transition um, over the next month or so between now and the fourth week of March, where all kinds of really interesting, unusual, and many one-of-a-kind things are going to be happening. And uh, I have written an article, which I've linked from this substack, uh, which is open to all readers, and it's called To the Edge and Beyond. And then I have my extended monthly horoscope, my sign interpretations for all 12 signs, which also work for your rising sign. And uh, I'd like to tell you a little bit about this chart and just uh, kind of warm up the topic and see if I can maybe acquaint some of the new folks with the language and the feeling tone of astrology as I do it. I'll tell you that I don't really do it like anybody else does it. I take a really mellow approach, a light touch, and I don't like to go overboard on the astrological language. That's kind of an understatement. My philosophy is to only use astrology where necessary, kind of like homeopathy. You don't, you know, you don't knock the person out. You want to give the minimum exactly appropriate dose of whatever it is that you're giving. And so I, I take a very light touch with astrology. And my general guideline is to use it when it's the best way to express something, such as in a reading. If there's a better way to express something, I, I will use that. And if astrology happens to be the best metaphor, then I'm happy to uh, look at the astrology, by which I mean, you know, bring it up to the surface and um, and uh, you know use that as the metaphor. Right? Astrology is just a metaphor. It's not really a magical thing or a uh, some kind of occult thing. It's just a set of symbols and cycles that are as natural as trees and ladybugs and yogurt fermenting and wine fermenting, for that matter. And it's just a, I think a a phenomenon of nature that was. Uh, put together by some people who were actually pretty intelligent and clever. And every society has its version of astrology, including societies that had absolutely no contact with one another. It seems as if 
throughout the ancient world, everyone was doing uh, something to be able to read the symbols of the cosmos. So what's really outstanding about March is that there are two sign changes of slow-moving planets. Slow-moving planets I'm talking about are Saturn, which is entering Pisces after spending three years in Capricorn. Uh, the three, sorry, three years in Aquarius. That's an important distinction. So, so Saturn enters Aquarius just as the world is being locked down. That's a term from prison, and it was just applied to the rest of the world, the supposedly free world. So Saturn entered Aquarius in March of 2020. And so there's something that was coincidental with the world being locked down and the make-believe pandemic and the make-believe virus and all this other stuff going on behind the scenes, massive financial transactions, a meltdown, the Bank of International Settlements warning in 2019. There were all kinds of problems brewing and that liquidity had to be injected into the economy. And uh, the way many changes were done was under the guise of a claimed pandemic. And this all happened publicly. The public part starts when Saturn uh, enters Aquarius. So right before Saturn enters, enters Aquarius, much, of course, was going on behind the scenes. So now that era is ending. And Saturn on March 7th is going to make its way into Pisces. Now, uh, I, I know that if you're reading astrology blogs, uh, this is going to be getting mixed reviews. Astrologers will tend, tend not to like Saturn and Pisces. Uh, but I take a positive view of Saturn and Pisces, particularly now for one special reason. And that is for about the past 12 years, we have been living with Neptune, considered the modern ruling planet, of Pisces in Pisces, and this has created a kind of an out-of-control yin situation. Those of you may be familiar with energy medicine of some kind, yin is one major principle of nature. It's the kind of thing that rules the oceans and, uh, and, and certain natural phenomena, more associated with earth and with water. And yang is another principle, more of an active principle, yin more receptive, but still very powerful and uh, and, and can have a way of dominating Yang, a more active, assertive principle that's more associated with air and fire. And with Neptune in Pisces, we have had this overabundance, overflowing of yin energy. And what this has created is uh, this, this effect of like a whole lot of delusion, a whole lot of denial. These are words associated with Neptune. Uh, let's see. Delusion, denial, deception, um, drink, drugs, right? So there's there's a kind of an altered state of consciousness associated with Neptune. And the problem with the altered state of Neptune is that it is not perceptible. It's kind of like someone who doesn't know how drunk they are. We've met, we've met these people who just drink, and then it's like, oh, suddenly they're shit-faced. But they seem like they have no idea. Everybody else notices. So that's kind of what's going on 
with, um, with, with Neptune and Pisces. Now, what Saturn entering Pisces is going to do is going to add the reality principle and start to shore up and contain this out-of-control yin energy, right? I mean, a perfect example of out-of-control yin energy is the way that chemicals were just spilled in Ohio and then with, they called it a controlled burn, spread everywhere. This stuff, you can probably test for it in the Atlantic Ocean now, in the Great Lakes. So um, Saturn is going to add a boundary to that. Saturn is going to add some containment, like a dike around a, a reservoir. And uh, what is interesting about Saturn in Pisces is it is going to last clear through the duration of the rest of Neptune in Pisces, and then in around 2026, if I'm not mistaken, I don't want to interrupt myself and go to the chart, there's uh, both Saturn and Neptune are going to enter Aries at the same time in a conjunction. It's very powerful astrology. So uh, there is uh, not going to be any um, uh, letting up in all of these, uh, you know, major changes. But for now, uh, for the rest of Neptune's duration in Pisces, Saturn's going to be there, and I'm viewing that as a um, as as a helpful influence. All right, next Mars square Neptune and the Sun on March 14th. Now, if you've been following my astrology, you you know this. If you haven't, uh, you you may not. Uh, but Mars was recently retrograde between October and January, and as part of that, way back at the beginning when the um, when when the um, retrograde began, uh, it started with two squares of Mars and Neptune. That one was October 12, one was November 19. And what happens when you put those two influences together in a 90-degree angle, which is a very tense angle, it's like, uh, it's a right angle, right? So it's, it is very high integrity, high stress, um, and action-oriented, but with Mars and Neptune, it can be quite self-destructive, and it uh, it can also be profoundly self-deceiving. And so it's, it's kind of like uh, being under a spell, and we're still under this spell right now. And what happens is that on, on March 14th, Mars makes its third and final 90-degree aspect to Neptune. So that is kind of when we get an all-clear signal on certain things. But what this is saying now is you really, really have to be discerning about what is true and what is true for you. And this is never easy, and it's also never been easier to kind of be completely caught up and wrapped up in any alternative reality that you want. You know, you could say, oh, the earth is now a cube and the train wreck never happened. And suddenly the good guys are the bad guys and the bad guys are the good guys. And every narrative is being flipped on its head. Uh, And there's always someone who wants to um, make up a story they think is interesting and get a lot of clicks and sell some pills while they're at it. Okay, so that happens. And then then it is significant here at the end of this that on March 25th, 
Mars makes its exit from Gemini where it has been since August 20th. And so Mars has been in one little tiny degree range, not a little tiny, but one the, the 30 degree out of 360 degree degree range uh, for seven months. That's how Mars is. Mars stays in one little zone in the zodiac uh, for, for seven months. This is relative to our view from Earth. Uh, relative to uh, our perspective, and then a year and a half to go completely around the rest of the zodiac. So it's a it's got a little bit of touch of Chiron to it that it spends a long time in one place and then moves quickly through the rest of the zodiac. Okay, so March twenty fifth, Mars enters Cancer. Uh, that's two days after the next thing I'm going to tell you about. But Mars entering Cancer is significant for a couple of reasons. First of all, there's a lot of pent-up energy associated with Mars in Gemini. Uh, it's frustration. Some would describe it as passive-aggressive energy and not being able to make up your mind. People are going to have this manifesting in different ways depending on who they are and their growth level and their commitment to sincerity and all this uh, kind of stuff. But when Mars enters Cancer, that places Mars uh, in, in what is called the Aries point. Now, I said the sign Cancer, and I'm calling it the Aries point, but that's the, a term for when a planet is on any of the uh, points where the seasons change. So first degree Aries, that's why it's the Aries point, first degree Cancer, first degree Libra, first degree uh, Capricorn, right? These are the cardinal points. And additionally, because there's a lot of mathematics behind astrology, there's no other places uh, throughout the wheel, throughout the sky, where uh, we, we will have that effect. We saw that effect, by the way, the Aries point effect at one of those other places, mainly the midpoint of Aquarius and Leo. That was uh, something that was behind the train wreck in Ohio. A very powerful Aries point sequence of events there created an effect. Well, I haven't told you what this is about, but the effect is that what is the, the, the collective and the private intersect. I used to call the Aries point the personal is political, but that was a little too political for me and feminist-ish. I got it from the Red Stocking Collective, which I used to think was really cool. Uh, but uh, the the what the Aries point really is is that place where you know you feel like you've got your folding chair set up on the entrance ramp to the George Washington Bridge, and there's you know thousands of cars going by, and there's just you there. It's like or it's like having your intersection on the corner of like Main Street and Elm Street, and you've got your living room set up, and you're trying to watch TV. I don't know if anybody. I guess people watch TV. Um, I do, uh, and and you're but you're right in the middle of everything else happening around you. That's the feeling of the Aries point. My favorite, my my newer favorite line from my original Red Stockings: "The personal is political," is uh, is taken from a Talking Head song. When the world crashes into my living room, as David Byrne says. So that's the feeling of the Aries point, and it is fair to say, the world is crashing into our living room. Uh, right now. All right, one last major event of March, and this is the big one. Pluto enters Aquarius on March 23rd. So this is one of the watershed events of our lifetime. Pluto changing signs affects the entire structure of society and changes the cast of our individual lives. It's almost like a whole new 
color but it put in front of us but there's also all of this movement on the tectonic and structural level of our lives so for example when pluto entered capricorn all these capricorn ruled institutions started crumbling banks and massive insurance companies and there was huge bailout back then too they just love these bailouts they just invent billionaires like that wouldn't it be fun okay so um not ethical but fun all right so uh here's the here's the me main story here i'm kind of buried the lead of this but aquarius represents two things in the old astrology we said oh aquarius the sign of groups okay here's how i interpret that in the modern world social patterns not just groups but all social patterns including the behavior of groups and the place where the individual meets the group. So Aquarius is always a sign of groups, and it was also the sign of weirdos. And so, ah, so here we have a, uh, another way to say this, where the individual meets the group. Now, we saw a lot of this under Saturn in Aquarius, where you have like 20 people saying, you know, socially distance, wear a mask, don't sneeze, don't breathe around me. And one person saying, you guys are all nuts. And then the group would say, you're not coming to Thanksgiving dinner. No turkey for you. You're going to stay home and listen to the Planet Waves FM special edition that comes out every Thanksgiving just for those people who who have nowhere to go. I love you guys. All right. So here's the other thing. Aquarius is also about enforced conformity, as I've been saying here. And so these big dramas have gone on. Now, here's where it all comes home. The social patterns of our era are under the control of the internet and digital consciousness, and this is a very Aquarian thing, right? It is electronic. Um, the, the world kind of got frosted with the internet when Uranus passed through Aquarius and kind of descended like a an, an extraterrestrial entity that just sort of jumped into the electrical system and the communications grid and like emerged as this new robotic life form aquarion right that's the internet and so when pluto enters aquarius that's going to send a jolt through this whole system and it's also going to send a jolt through all of the social patterns that are based on this system because all of our social patterns are based on digital technology and digital technology has created digital consciousness where people just not really fully present and have trouble rubbing to brain cells together and have trouble writing. I'm amazed by this, how much trouble people have writing more than a sentence or maybe two sentences. I'm, I've been an editor long enough to remember when the writers would line up to come work for any publication I was writing for, and, uh, and people wanted to learn how to put sentences together. And now it's not just Twitter, it's digital consciousness. It's this thing, this way we've been tra transformed by full digital conditions to not be able to think and hold thoughts, to not be able to think about our whole reality, and it has changed our whole concept of the body. So I'm going to leave you with a, a few thoughts by my old friend, the late, great Eric McLuhan, son of Marshall, father of Andrew, uh, all people I respect immensely. And here is what Eric McLuhan said. He emailed this to me, uh, you know, probably back around 2016, 2017 or something, passed away uh, not long after. He wrote, The body is everywhere assaulted by all of our new media, a state 
which has resulted in deep disorientation of intellect and destabilization of culture throughout the world. In the age of disembodied communication, the meaning and significance and experience of the body is utterly transformed and distorted, end quote. So to me, some of the key words in this thing are deep disorientation of intellect and destabilization of culture throughout the world. This is what we're living through. And now get ready for Pluto in Aquarius. Signing off for Planet Waves. Don't forget to check my program out at planetwaves.fm. Comes out every Friday, well before it's 10 o'clock Eastern scheduled time. So signing off from Kingston, New York at 421 on Thursday, the 23rd of February, 2023. My name's Eric Francis. Thanks for listening and please stay in touch.